I wanted to know what's your routine when you go to the cinema? Routine when I go to the cinema is actually very, very specific. Uh, unfortunately, I've stopped actually buying any of the popcorn and the food in the cinema. What do you do? You wear? Do you wear a suit or you don't wear a suit or anything? No, I don't wear a suit. My clothing, I guess my clothing is just very casual and, you know, maybe a pair of jogger bottoms, something like that. Will you do your hair and make yourself smell nice? Um, No, it hasn't got a premiere vibe. It's more like crawling into the womb, you know, just relax, just totally chill out and just click out of reality. So a pair of jogger bottoms and a Star Wars T-shirt and gold trainers. Oh, right. It's almost like pyjamas. I've got my Star Wars T-shirt on now. There you go. That's that's what I'll be wearing. And then I always bring my food in with... I have a satchel inside. It is an Asda plastic bag filled with treats that I can rustle through like a badger's just found a bin in a local neighbourhood street. So I'll put my nose in there and just scoff away, have a sugar so, high. So you take a bag in there with you with treats? Oh, yes, a bag, an Asda bag full of treats, <laughs> type of thing. And I sort of rustle around that bag through the film. How much and, is um, in there? How much is in there? Quite a lot, actually. I don't get through it all. Do you have to hide that bag in your jacket? Yes, I do. Yeah, I either... Um, I roll think you mentioned up. this on the po- podcast before. I think I may have. I kind of roll it up and put it in the elastics on my jogger bottoms over my jacket. Or if I'm more organised, I've got my gym bag and I put it in my Puma gym bag and just put it over my shoulder. So like you're smuggling. I guess so. And it makes the food even more tastier, I suppose, if you smuggled it so through. what's in that bag? A lot of stuff. It's almost like a sort of a fun bag of treats, which there's loads left over from previous ones. <laughs> And um, so you've got like, um, I do like rice cakes. Not not really. Um, but the chocolate pro- on top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. I'm God, not sat there eating like. like a fucking racket. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was watching Elvis last night and I was making way too much noise over some caramel rice cakes. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Rustle, How many rustle, do you rustle. Eat? How do you eat? Oh, I had 12 last night. I know, way too many. With other sweeties? Oh, yes, definitely. And then some um, Asda popcorn. And I had some orange chocolate popcorn last night as well. Uh. I know. it was. I sort of got used to it as I went along. That's the thing with popcorn. It's very Moorish, isn't it? You just get into a zone with it. You find a what, flow. What if it's a really busy cinema and you have to pull out this plastic bag? Do people not look at what you're doing? I wait for action sequences when it's very loud. But can kind of like muffle the acoustics and then I get involved. But it's quite frustrating. It's like, well, I can't eat during this dialogue scene, but I better listen to the dialogue because I need to focus on the plot. And then I think to myself, Dave, why are you here for the food or for the plot? Yeah. You're just trying to get for the dialogue so you can get to an action scene where someone's being murdered so you can just open your rice cakes. You sort of lose your motivation. Are you a film fan or a food fan? This you know, be what? a rice cake review podcast. I know. There's not many flavors, though, unfortunately. It's quite limited, which is bad because um, I've got a lot of time for it. Do you get a drink? Yes, I always get one of those because I'm a Cineworld member and I always get one of those massive tango explosions. <laughs> and um, they're like about the size of my head. They're massive. But they um, they turn into ice very quickly. It's like they're very nice at the beginning. There's like blueberry at the beginning, then you've got raspberry, and then you've got an orange, which I imagine... Honestly, you sound like an eight-year-old. <laughs> I know. Well, that is literally what it's like, is it? It's about regressing into that. It's about... I think my whole interest in cinema is just about trying to recreate childlike experiences. Yeah. I, I, 
I've tried to surround it by adult pretentiousness by learning the name of French directors yeah. and <laughs> really jump cut is and stuff like that. <laughs> but in actual fact, it is just it's chasing that kind of dragon, that child's... Yeah, yeah. When I would go to like the, um, I don't know, the Odeon in Kosham or in Brighton where I was living at the time, watching Abyss or, yeah. you know, whatever Sylvester Stallone, you know, kind Fucking of acting movie. Hell's bells. But, um, and also, it gets out of control, doesn't it? Because when I was 10, I would just turn out of a simple box of popcorn. But now you're trying to chase this kind of un ungrabbable nostalgia. It's a massive bag full of sugar. I can't really understand how to open a lot of it in the dark. Why are Again, you a fat bastard? Oh, it's because... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... That, <laughs> well, the thing is... Uh, what do you think of it? Rice cakes aren't that fattening, are they? No, but you'll sound like they're smothered in sugar. I guess so. I think even those caramel ones... Do you know what? I'd probably die of um, some disease from sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, because I think that's what is on those rice cakes. That's what's going to kill me. Oh, really? Okay, well, let's... <laughs> there you go. On that, uh, that's the third act of that. Uh, that's, the, that's the character arc at the end. Sweetener's got him. David Edwards Movie News. So, have you got any movie news this week? Yeah, I tell you, some good movie news. Um, one that I, I definitely forecast this in my head. I didn't say it to anyone. You know, you sort of have bored moments. But Cameron Diaz has been retired for a long, long time. Has she? And Yeah, she has about eight years. Oh. And I always knew she was going to come back and Did demand... Did she publicly say... Oh, that's yeah, it, absolutely. Out. That's it. She did Annie, and oh. um, that was the last film she did. And she was saying that she pressed pause for a second to look at her um, her life, and she started noticing that everyone in her camp, all the people around her, her entourage, were taking just a bit too much money. And um, she suddenly realised that she was out of, of of enormous amount of pocket, like a million, because everyone was taking ten grand there, twenty grand there, things like that. And she started to realise that she was just completely out of control of her life and um, started realising that the films had like, taken her away from being a good mother and stuff like that. She did loads of articles on it. But um, she's been out, out for eight years and now Netflix have got her back for a massive uh, salary. I think it's Jamie Foxx she's doing the film with and that was announced this week. And Because um, she's still been in the media doing like... Um, uh, ecosystem uh, ozone you know good to the planet kind of documentaries and articles so she still had a media face but you knew she was going to do another film right I here's something even more interesting though francis ford coppola has always wanted to make a, a dream project called megalopolis which was about a um architect who wants to make a mini city in the center of new york and a utopian city in the center of new york no one's ever been interested in making it it's supposed to be like his next godfather so he's been playing around with this since like the early 90s How so old is years he? he's early 80s now francis ford coppola okay, i know really old so he's deciding now to finance the whole thing a hundred million dollars so it's like his swan song movie and it's revealed that in actual fact he hasn't made all his millions or hundreds of millions from films it's from wine he took his like money from Apocalypse Now, put it into vineyards, and he's, he's made hundreds of, I don't think he's a billionaire, but hundreds of million into wine. And he started to cast it now, and he's financing the whole film. So it's got a Marvel film budget. And, um, wow. I know, and he's going to start filming it this summer. 
Oscar Isaac's in it. Kate Blanchett could potentially be in it. Uh, Christian Bale has been interviewed for it, apparently. What's it called? Megalopolis? Yeah, Megalopolis. And it's about an architect with this, like, uh, dream of creating this utopian city in the middle of New York. And and then it's all about the backstabbing around it and all the politics around it, ultimately. Uh, the 83-year-old self-funded $100 million gamble. Massive. And it's all wine money. It's all these vineyards he owns. It's not even film. What is interesting about a lot of these big, big film figures is a lot of them were millionaires before they became famous. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger was a millionaire before Terminator because he was a significant landlord in L.A. Was he? Took all his, yeah, he took all his money that he won from um, being a bodybuilder and put it into these very kind of like working class kind of like um, flat complexes around L.A. And um, he was you know, a low-grade millionaire. He wasn't a multi-millionaire. But he was very comfortable beforehand. Who he else? A lot of them like that. Well, Harrison Ford. What? Yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford. He wasn't a millionaire, but he was doing very, very well. He was probably on like a lawyer's, you know, a high end lawyer's salary. He was on 500, 600, you know, um, $1,000, that type of salary, uh, being a, a carpenter for the star. And he had a very comfortable kind of existence. And he said before, you know, he'd go to auditions still. But through being an actor, he got to know all these people. And, um, you know, they were paying him good, good money. And it wouldn't have been the end of the world. You know, he wouldn't have been a multi-millionaire, but very, you know, comfortable existence. And um, a biography I read, uh, you know, they showed his house before he was Han Solo. And it wasn't like, you know, he didn't need security guards, but we would have been very happy with it. I think the thing is they have that entrepreneur spirit, don't they? If they weren't given that big break, I think they would still be making money in some way. They've got that kind of, you know, that capitalist fever. <laughs> I don't know what I came up with that. That's going to be the name of my new pop band. Capitalist, capitalist fever. I don't know what that what, is. What would be their first song? Oh, God. It's, uh, oh, the smell of those dollars. Hollers, hollers. <laughs> So that's a terrible one, isn't it? Or Chiching, something like that. I don't know. How does Chiching go? Chiching, pennies in heaven. Chiching, <laughs> swallow those dollar bills, something like that. Chiching, pennies in heaven. pennies in heaven. Swallow those dollar bills. Yeah, we love you, David. Oh, we God, love thank God. Don't. That's what we want. Thank you very much. Don't get out of control. Don't stop pushing at the front row so much. I don't want any, anyone to get hurt, but thank you for your admiration. Do you mind if I sing that again to you? Oh, let's go for it. Let's get <laughs> on a loop. Ching. Darling in heaven. Ching. You forget the words. Swallow those dollar, dollar bills. <laughs> and that could be the, the, the front of the album, just swallowing do dollar bills. Yeah. And then the back of the Fucking album, hell, the person being sick. I'm in a hotel here. This is really. <laughs> That's what hotels are for, isn't it? Captain's yeah. fever. Getting involved, just enjoying yourself. David Edwards movie review. So last episode, we did the random film generator. Yes. And it landed on Mercury Rising. Ah, uh, Bruce Willis. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, I love this, David. Did you go away and watch it? I certainly did, yeah. Let's hear from you. Yeah, it's got to be said, really, <laughs> it's, that, that is it's not good. 
isn't it? It's really, I mean, you know, I think it's always good to have a positive element. There was a, there's an impressive opening shot of a helicopter the last five seconds. I was like, oh, that's, that's well done. It sort of like goes over the forest and suddenly appears over a city. Bruce Willis is very charismatic because he's basically a, a cop that's got to protect a young autistic child that's work, worked out um, a code that would allow him to break into a high security system that the government are now um, in, involved with. And the government's solution to this problem is just to hunt down the kid and try and murder him, shoot him, which seems a bit extreme. And also, if this young kid can work out the code, surely other people are going to be able to as well. So there's going to be other young children or other people with this sort of um, ability with codes and puzzles that you're going to have to hunt down as well. Maybe just change your system. So there's like a there's an inherent logic problem. And I'm not the sharpest tool in the box when it comes to plot. So if I'm scratching my head thinking this doesn't work... You know, and um, not enough action as well. Okay, math plot, but I'm sat there thinking, well, I'm going to at least get see Bruce, you know, um, do GBH and a lot of members of the public type of thing with some fancy cinematography. And there's one bit where um, uh, he's being chased in a, in a train. I think, oh, here we go. Okay, this will be interesting. And Bruce kind of chucks him off the train after five seconds. And I think, well, that's that dumb. That's the end of that is one. This, this is post-Die Hard. Post Die Hard, and interestingly, two years just before Sixth Sense, and it's a very similar narrative. Well, in some ways, it's not similar because it's not horror-based, but it's very much about protecting this young uh, child who has these um, mental issues. And the young child, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it must be incredibly stressful being a young child actor, but the performance is very poor. He's like a robot, like a drug zombie. I've never seen you like this before. I know it's terrible, isn't it? But I think it really is. Was it a big flop at the time? Yes, it was a big flop at the time. You can see what I'm... One thing I would say is Bruce Willis is still very charismatic. Let's have a listen to a bit now. Come on. Come on. Concordia. Get an ambulance over here. Have some badges waiting for us when we get there. For what? I want this kid protected. How am I going to justify the overtime? Since when you worry about overtime, Jack? The coroner says murder-suicide. They can go. Anybody asks about the overtime, put it on Lomax's gold card. Okay, so any parts of it you enjoy that you recommend, or would you say stay well clear of this? I would stay completely. If you're a big <laughs> Bruce Willis fan, you know, he still kind of delivers. There's like these very long shots where he gets out of police cars during crime scenes and he wanders past other policemen and always undoes his shirt and puts chewing gum in his mouth. And he does it in a very overly charismatic manner. There are times where I think, well, I guess that's what a movie star is, you know. And um, he gets angry with his boss a lot of the time. 
and um yeah it's a good hour and 50 minutes it went on for quite a at while at what point were you like ah this is a turkey i would definitely have said um when he has an argument when he has an argument with his police off a uh, police chief that's like a scene out of simpsons action movie parody journey you know I mean? literally how, how far into the movie was that that was about, um, I would say, eight minutes in. <laughs> oh, uh, even before that, a bank robbery, which he's trying to stop. What the police do, they mess it up, mess the situation up. So Bruce starts shouting to the policeman above him, and he just thumps him several times in the face. You know, your own boss. I just say, well, this is just ridiculous, isn't it? This isn't based in reality at all. And as I say, when the child is then introduced... Um, just oh, the acting is just appalling. You, you stop thinking about the plot. You start thinking, how was the kid auditioned? Surely they think it was okay to go with this, but maybe they filmed too oh, you're much. You're really lying into go, the kid, eh? I know it's terrible. It is bad. I mean, I'm 44. I still couldn't pull off that role. I think he's done a better job than me. And he was in Kindergarten Cop. That kid. He was one of the kids in Kindergarten Cop, and he, he was good in that. Right. So it's the director. The director. The director is the guy who did um, Taps with Tom Cruise. You know that military film with Tom Cruise back in the day? That rings about. So he's done a few bits um, before. Um, uh, and Malice, which was another um, Alec Baldwin thriller. So he's never had a big hit, but he's um, you know a competent Hollywood director that, that made a lot of stuff in the 80s and 90s. Harold Becker. That's it. That's the man. Harold Becker... Uh, Mercury Rising, Sea of Love. Oh, God, I remember that with Pacino. They're they're films that never became sort of massive breakout hits, but they were big, you know, releases at the time type of thing, you know. Yeah. City Hall. Yes, that was with John Travolta. He made a few with John Travolta. And he did Madonna music videos. Yes, he did. That's where he started. Like David Fincher did a lot of Madonna music. God, his last film was shit. It looks, like, it looks like Mercury Rising might have been the death of him. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it did very poorly in the cinema. It's 1998. Yes. When was Sixth Sense then? I think Sixth Sense was um, after that, wasn't it? I'm, I'm pretty sure Sixth Sense was released after that. So Sixth Sense, I think, was 99 or very late 98. Uh, bloody hell. I wonder if he's um, popped his clogs. No, he's still about. <gasps> he's 93. 93 and still living the dream the thing is a lot of them uh, go on to be producers don't they or they um exist uh, in development realm whereby they help develop projects or perhaps he opens his own production company something in that vein he um he did definitely had a run of films black marble taps vision quest the big town sea of love malice city hall mercury rising and, and Malice, I remember it being big in that whole kind of video culture of the 90s. Malice. He did quite a bit with John Travolta and Alec Baldwin. Right. Alec Baldwin is the villain in Mercury Rising. He's the guy in the government who wants to kill the child because he's worked out how to break the code. Right. Because what they do is with the code, they put a code into a puzzle book. And if you solve this particularly hard puzzle, you need, then need to ring up a number. You think you're going to win a competition, but you're really ringing up the FBI to say that you've done a puzzle and unknowingly that puzzle um you know book uh, uh, buyer has basically broken into you know has basically got the code that could break into one of the biggest security systems in the fbi's vault 
But then you think to yourself, God, well, every time you get a call, well, it's an easy idea for a sequel, isn't it? Someone else rings the number, you've got to go and kill them. <laughs> so maybe get yourself a different security system. And you think, I have all the script. I mean, don't get me wrong, filmmaking very, very hard. But you think, I have all the script meetings. I ain't got a PhD from Cambridge. Yeah. But I'm sitting there finding it's holes I in this. I haven't, not I ain't. I, yeah, I have it quite right. Hence, I've got a PhD. Do you know what I mean? Just yet more okay. evidence. So, out, I ain't quite urban there. I ain't got that, mate. So, out Other. of five chock ices, what are you going to give Mercury Rising this week? I have to give it just the one for Bruce. I think Bruce turns up. I think it's pretty bad. It's very, very paint by numbers. And think this is Sesame ice. Street numbers. One chock ice. It, it ain't great. You've done it again. I don't, I, I don't know how to do that. I'm sort of going for an East End twang, a kind of like Londoner vibe. It's very strange, isn't it? Sort of a modern Oliver Twist. Trying to, I don't know, trying to empathise things with some sort of Cockney anger. <laughs> it ain't great. <laughs> it ain't great. Yeah, it's bizarre. One chocolate ice. Just that, that's it. You can't have the pack. They're going back in the fridge. You haven't worked hard enough. Right. Have you wow. made a film, Dave? No, it doesn't matter though. You can't. You don't have one chuck ice. Oh, I'll tell you another time. But um, oh, no, no, tell me. No, please no, no, do. I won't. No, I won't. No, what well, you say? Was it interesting? Go for well, it. We had a screening um, two oh, yes. nights ago, and um, we had to do like an intro to the the room, the cinema, the cinema Gosh. goers. Then we left. Me and Jim left to get something to eat. And they watched the film. We came back for the Q and A at the end. We walked into the credits. We sort of stood at the back of the room. A couple of people sort of got up to leave. One German got up and just went, Excellent day, German. My name was I went, oh, Sorry? I can't do German, but. No, I get in the vibe, though. It's quite in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you mean. A lot of like, intense energy yeah. coming your way. I was like, Oh, sorry. I don't And then the lady sort of looking after us went up to him, like, it's you know, the conversation in German. He fucking hated the film. Oh my god! And the reason being was because of the slang language we were using. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know if he's because Charles says things like Yumsville. And, and why did he like that? He was really annoyed. And this lady said, "Have, have you ever made any films before?" No, no, you don't. Well, then what you've just done right there is really disrespectful. Now, fuck off out of the cinema. I'm trying James. <laughs> How bizarre. Was he a film critic then? No, some. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, I've got to go and. We'll refilm <laughs> it. Don't worry, we'll re edit it for you. Thanks for. Uh... That's bizarre. I... Do you know what? It was absolutely fine. I just thought, well, you're mad. Well, absolutely insane. How did he get in the festival? He must be part of the industry. I mean, you don't wander into a film showing like that, do you? He hasn't come off the street, I wouldn't imagine. No. Anyway. That's my story. So one chalk ice for Mercury Rising. One chalk ice for that. I feel like that man now. I'm just yeah. a, 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 an English version of him just shouting about, you know, Bruce, but in my own uh, yeah. native tongue. David Edwards Movie Tip. So, what is your movie tip? this week i tell you movie tip very very good this this one's a documentary now but it's still a film they got a cinema release it's still an hour and a half movie 
and uh, I thought it was very good actually. It's an HBO film documentary. It's by Alex Winter, the guy who played. It's either Bill or Ted he played in like uh, Excellent Adventures or you know Bogus Journey, you know the Bill and Ted things. And it's called Sh- Showbiz Kids, and it looks at um, young people who came through the industry. And it's really interesting. Is it? Um, yeah, like Rachel Woods, who's now in Westworld, and a whole range of um, different people. Uh, the guy, um, Henry, I can't remember his surname, who played Elliot in E.T. Oh. And they're very um, negative experiences, really, just growing up with a very adult pressure of being a, a kid star. Oh. And how their parents dealt with it as well. Either, you know, spending all the money or being too frugal with the money. It's either one way or the other with the parents. They either just spend it all, there's nothing left, or they think, God, we've got to be really careful with the money, get as much as possible. And then, um, you know, and what, were the parents in the industry. Were the parents sort of guilty of pushing them into it? Always seemed to be, uh, seemed to be the way. I'd say 90% of it, it was parents it was just so bizarre how all the parents followed the same stereotypical role uh whereby they had failed in the industry themselves and they had uh. artistic dreams i would say it was 90 percent, or it was a case of someone at school had noted that noticed their acting abilities as a child yeah and then pushed them in um to the industry and then the parents saw it as an opportunity but also found it too overwhelming because they were in no way connected to the creative industry so right. there never seems to be that balance. It either seems to be way, way too alien to the parents, or the, the parents were way, way too hungry. It was really interesting. And also, um, alongside seeing people um, who are well-known actors now and talking about their experiences as a child actor, you also see young kid actors in L.A. today going for auditions and their parents, and they like... Oh, how do you, you get how do you get hold of this? It's on Showbiz, it's called Showbiz Kids, and it's called Documania. Where did you find website. it? Oh, um, Documania, okay. Documania, but it's on the HBO website and stuff like that as well, but that'd be a place to watch it. Oh. And um, you see like these, these because what happens is once every year, uh, everyone flies to LA for pilot auditioning um, month. And they all, bizarrely, all these parents and their kids stay in the same apartment in L.A. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because of costs or whatever. But that seems to be the, where the community flocks to. And they've come from different parts of, of the world, of, you know, America primarily and the world. Uh, so from Georgia, you know, Pennsylvania, all that. And um, just got this dream of turning their kid into a Disney brat. Right. So we're our middle boy we're taking up for auditions. For the new Osmond's musical. Um, really? Yeah. Osmond's musical. What? What Osmond? What Osmond? Uh, and we say Osmond. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> Pardon? Completely lost. Yeah, the Osmonds. Uh, the, what, the um, and they were like, who were the Osmonds again? Just to make it completely clear for me, I've got. Well, they're, they're a band. Well, they well, they were brothers, weren't they? The, yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. perhaps. And he's going to be in the musical. Well, we're taking him up for we've just started taking him up for auditions. Yeah. God, blimey, that is exciting. No, not really. I just wanted to make. <laughs> <laughs> Heck. 
there's me just saying the death march of like childhood. <laughs> it shows what a yes man Os- I am. Osmond, 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 Osmond. Osmond, I'm going to have to clip that and just put it on a loop at the end of the episode. What a nightmare. All I could think of was the Osbournes. We were like, Ozzy Osbourne. I was like, how are they going to audition for that? I knew, oh, God, what a nightmare. Fucking hell. I couldn't quite, if if you're driving 70 miles an hour and you've suddenly got to do a left turn, it was just like, I I didn't know where to take that conversation. It was just like, well, I basically said that, you know, child abuse for kids. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought it was going. Like, oh, lovely. Absolutely. Well, you never know. There's that one percent who do well, who enjoy the experience. <laughs> I'm sure your child will be that. You know, be part of the one percent camp. Okay. So the movie tip this week is um, showbiz, showbiz kids. kids. Yeah, definitely worth watching. And where can you find that again? Documania is one website that has uploaded it, but um, there'll be other places to find it. Definitely. Okay. And um, oh, definitely on like Amazon. You know, when you can, if you you know to, to rent it because it's an it's, it's a film alex winter director he was also a kid actor before um you know going on to be an adult actor things like bill and ted oh. <coughs> well thank you david not a problem david edwards random film generator right now we've come to the film the random film generator and uh, this is where we pick three films randomly, and then you have to pick one of them. Perfect. Uh, to review next week. So yeah, let's we have go for genre it. here. Yeah. So if you tell me when to stop the uh, cursor on the uh, cursor, yeah, on the uh, the genre of the first film. Stop now. Drama. Perfect. I think drama was a good one. Year. Stop. The nineteen fifties. Blimey! God, that shows I'm not a cineast. As soon as it leaves the eighties, I'm lost. Okay, now tell me when to stop. Stop. Streetcar Named Desire. L- interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I've never seen that one. Marlon Brando. That would be. A- there you go streetcar named desires the oh, yeah. first of the three films and that's i fucking love this part of this podcast right now uh, pick another genre stop animation okay and pick a uh, stop. decade 1970s god what would be out in the seven? i guess it'd be disney wouldn't it it'd be something disney based pixar didn't exist then that would be a no man's land for me, wouldn't it? Stop. Aristocats. God, never. It's always referenced in retro 70s films, Aristocats, isn't it? You always see them like... um, This is fantastic. At the front of cinemas. I want to do this podcast every day. This is unknown territory for me, both those films. Um, The final movie, uh, tell me when to stop on the genre. Stop. Action. Very nice. Feeling comfortable now. And tell me men stop. fighting men. <laughs> tell me to stop. Nineteen fifties. Well, that'd be a cowboy film, wouldn't it, or something? Okay. Stop. And, oh well, hang on. Tell me when to stop. Stop. War of the Worlds. Oh wow, the nineteen fifties War of the Worlds. Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. 
tell me when to stop. Stop. War of the Worlds. What, 1950s War of the Worlds? That would be very interesting. 1950s War of the Worlds. Is that definitely a film or was that the Awesome Worlds? A Wells radio drama, or is that definitely a movie? Did they make a movie in the fifties? Well, what, it says nineteen fifty-three. War of the Worlds. No, the War of the Worlds, nineteen fifty-three. The radio show must be in the thirties then. Directed by By Byron Haskin. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's good actually. No, I definitely look forward to checking that out. The original fifties one. So, because it's all based. Won, it won an Oscar. Did it really? Okay. Yeah. It won an Oscar for Best Effects, Special Effects, Oscar nominee for Best Sound, Film Editing. 1953, gosh. It's in colour, isn't it? I do remember it being yeah. in colour. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I look forward to that, definitely. Oh, and it's set in the Victorian period. Absolutely looking forward to that. Proper sort of 1950s sort of summer blockbuster before those blockbusters were around kind of experience i get the feeling you've got a slight dread in your stomach oh yeah definitely it's not um i'm thinking about it now i'm thinking can i go with this i'm trying to think about the poster i am trying to visualize i'm thinking i'm definitely pushing myself you're gonna love it i think i will do as well i think you'll go in going oh and then be you'll be in quite pleasantly interested i'll be thinking well it's probably where things like independence day came from i'll probably see like narrative frameworks in there i think oh okay that's where that came from that was the influence it's definitely something i would not have independently on my own gone out and gone out to search and watch yeah it sounds like the sort of thing you'd watch on a sunday afternoon on bbc2 uh on a lazy sunday after your roast dinner there ain't anything wrong with that go again eight there ain't anything wrong with that i don't know where that's come from it's I've got just been introduced reviews. to my vocabulary. It's got good reviews. Oh, has it? What's it getting? What's it? Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. 89%. Oh, there you go. I'm in. 89%. Once there you're you in the 80s, you're, you're home. There you go. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It's got really good reviews. I'll definitely um, check that out. It's well, an H.G. Wells novel, wasn't it? And then um, Awesome Wells turned into a radio drama. Oh, and then it's this film here. And then you had um, David Essex. Oh, yes, doing like yeah. a, uh, a musical version. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the Tom Cruise one, which I really thought was good with Spielberg. Yeah. Well, you ain't, you ain't watching that. Absolutely, no. You've had your Spielberg fun, Edwards. It's time to, uh, you know, start looking for other cinema food to cleanse your palate with. So when you think about War of the Worlds 1953 and watching it, what day... What day are you going to watch it? When do you go, okay, I'll watch that then? What day? I'm thinking um, maybe this afternoon. I'm already thinking in my head, I'm going to settle down, a big mug of coffee. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had one too many rice cakes yesterday when I watched Elvis. <laughs> you know, I've, I've OD'd on them. Yeah. So a nice mug of coffee, get up on the old laptop. Yeah. And, um, and also you can go into a YouTube rabbit hole with these things as well. It's like, okay, you know. What, to put, what were other reviewers thinking? Is there an interview with the director even back in the 50s? You know, there can be some old 16mm interviews with them on Kodak yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So you definitely go down rabbit holes with it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'll stop. See, that's the internet laptop experience. I'll stop watching it at some point, do some YouTube research, and then go back and watch it. Oh, you know what I mean? That's not very good. No, that's not good, actually. Maybe I should slap myself on the wrist for that. Just that's focus, not a purist. Focus for an hour and a half. Absolutely. <laughs> 
You See if you can not be distracted. You definitely did that with the home documentary. Oh, home! I had to break that into chunks. I had to like, I had to think. Right, okay, it's an hour and whatever minutes, and I had to sort of just uh, think. Right, okay, just bite sizes. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Well, this is two hours fifty-one minutes. Two hours fifty-one minutes. No, no, really? Mate, no, <laughs> I am up for a bit of sort of like. Uh, Alien invasion, fun, but two hours and fifty minutes. That no. Elvis film I saw last night—that was that was two hours and forty minutes. Way too long. Was it? It's it's hasn't done that well. I don't no, think when we were out in Munich, I don't think it done that well. She said it's not great. It, it's like it? a um, it's like a, a two hour and forty minute flashily edited movie trailer. Do you know what I mean? There's no real. Every now and then it takes a breath where you have like a normal dialogue sequence. You know, shot reverse shot, two people interacting. And you know it's it's good doing that, but there's not much much time for character development. And Tom Hanks doesn't feel like a real person. He's in a fat suit with a strange European accent. You can't quite get over that. Oh, yes, right. it's and it's who's very the guy odd. that's playing Elvis? Yeah, it's uh, Butler is his surname. And is he an unknown? He he's pretty much an unknown. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was one of the um, cult members at the end that Brad Pitt um, fights off. Right. Um, but his surname's Butler. It's very annoying. I can't remember his first name. Uh, he's in June 2 as well. He's going to play one of the villains in June 2. So he's very much up and coming. He is good. I don't really think he's given enough space to really shine. And you don't, you rarely see Elvis as a normal, relatable figure. He's very much, I wouldn't go as far as saying two dimensional, but you're seeing very much a mythologized version of Elvis. There are moments where you feel a bit more of an emotional connection. And I think it's because he is a good performer, but so much of it is like fast cut MTV music video, movie trailer editing. Yeah. And the plot's very weak, but it's very hard to construct a plot of Elvis because we all know the story, don't we? Yeah. Well, they managed it with Titanic. Well, I was literally about to say that. I guess with Titanic, you've got the element of you know the ship's going to sink. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen to Jack and Rose, do you? No. No. So it's like, yeah, you know what's going to happen to that boat at any point, which creates the anticipation. Yeah. But you don't know what... Is there a boat in Elvis that sinks? No, and that's the problem, I think. (laughs) All right. That is the issue. That was the missing component, I think, you know, because, you know, watching him sink and sing would be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. What would he sing as he sunk? I'm trying. I'm stuck in a trap. Something That's like that. Nice. You know, That's it's right. a watery trap. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Can you do an Elvis impression? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you're taking all my money, Carl. I want it back. Wow. Man, Hanks has got like a bizarre kind of like um, Elvis. Yeah, I'm stuck in a trap. I think he actually says that at one point. He actually quotes a lot of his lyrics, which is something oh. you do in reality. No, well, you put me in a trap, Colonel. Oh, it's sort wow. of like, um, yeah, well, you signed the contract, Elvis. You knew what you were signing. I don't know what I was signing, nothing. Who's, I'm sat there eating what? rice cakes. That? <laughs> uh, it's like the last bit. Um, you, you don't know what I'm, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was signing my, my life away. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm not in Hollywood in pitch meetings. You got a suspicious mind, uh, Colonel. Oh yes, it's stuff yeah. like that. That'd be they uh, would grab Baz Luhrmann would fact, grab that in a second. You can could, stay, grab a water bottle. We could end with loads of uh, 
Um, mm, a trap. And yeah. there's like things like um, the plot twist, not twists, but the kind of like hanging question marks of, oh, will this happen? Would be things like Elvis is doing a live TV show. He doesn't want to sing a Christmas song at the end, right. but Hank does. Hank does want him to. Elvis. Uh, as, sorry, go on. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, no, you go for it. And <laughs> no. it's like, is he going to sing the Christmas song or not? It's just like, it doesn't really matter. You know, I don't feel emotionally involved. So are we going to say Elvis? <laughs> Elvis. We're in this prison. And it looks like there's a pebble on the ground. That's not a pebble, it's a jailhouse rock. Oh my uh, look. freak! <laughs> Is that how the music video starts? Because it was the first music video. He does interact with someone. No, I'm just. Are oh, you just going with it? <laughs> I thought that was an actual quote from the film. That was well written. I was like, all oh, right, okay, that's a well-known line. Uh, come on, think that's of other ones. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, um, what else is there? Uh, um. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, is it? Oh, God, I only know the one song, clearly. What else is there? Um, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, rock. Yeah, uh, uh, is that him? I think it would be something like that. It'd be, um, <laughs> we uh, what it? time should we meet for dinner, uh, Elvis? We uh, one o'clock, two o'clock, uh, three o'clock, rock. I'll make your um, mind up, Elvis. We're going to rock, rock, rock around yeah, the clock. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, I think. I'm only, I'm only improvising now. I'm doing what they say in America. I'm just chewing the fat. Yeah. I'm trying, uh, to, think I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones. And, uh, uh, he, no. does, he talks a lot about being stuck in a trap. He redoes that one all the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get I'm trying to think. It's, let's it's call it a day. Let's call it a day, definitely. Um, he gets hooked on drugs as well, which is quite depressing at the end. Okay. And uh, But yeah, let's I've call got, it a day. I've, I've, got, I've got to see the taxi man. Oh, absolutely. God, yeah, you've got a life to live. Right. Um, cheers, David. Yeah, lovely to um, see you, absolutely. And good, yeah. well done for getting the um, the film into the film festival, Munich Film Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, thank you for doing the, the reviews. And, and War of the Worlds. Yeah, and I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Take care, friend, and, yeah, wonderful stuff. Cheers, David. Look after yourself. Take care. Osman's musical, what? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, and we say Osman. What's that? Osman's <laughs> musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, what, and we say Osman. What's that? Osman's <laughs> musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, and we say Osman. What's that? Osman's <laughs> musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, and we say Osman. What's that? <laughs>